0: so why behind closed doors because one of the things that you're gonna hear a lot here at K2 if you spend uh, and hopefully in most churches they would help you and I to come to understand that it really is Christianity is all about a relationship with God it's not about a bunch of rules it's not about things you're supposed to do or not do it is really getting to know him and so what you'll hear the scriptures say if you receive him Right, into your life. You actually get a chance to bring Christ into your life. And so, but when you do, what we find is he comes into our life, but then we have all these doors, these rooms we don't want him in. <laughs> And so we kind of have these closed doors. These, there's certain areas where we like Jesus, you know, we'd like him to help us out in this area, but there's other parts of our life where we really don't want him involved. And so what we're going to learn, though, is this. This is awesome. In John chapter 14, Jesus says, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching, and my Father will love them. And listen to this, and we will come to them and make our home. With them how cool is that yeah. so Jesus is saying listen you guys hey you love me my father he loves you so every one of you in this room God's saying Man, I love you I want to come to you he goes we'll come to you and we're actually gonna make our home with you another verse Ephesians 3 Paul says this he's praying he says I pray that out of God's glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith so now what's interesting about that word dwell is it doesn't mean a visitor so right so when you watch this and he goes and the the guy said Jesus oh you're our guest see but when you actually invite Jesus into your life he doesn't come in as a guest the Scriptures say that He actually comes to dwell within you, and that word "dwell" means to settle down in a dwelling. It means to dwell fixedly in a place. And that's just really good news. So in other words, Jesus doesn't come in, like come over for dinner and then leave. He actually says, "No, I'm going to make your heart becomes my home. Your heart, the deepest part, your innermost being becomes my dwelling I'm putting roots down inside you that is so cool now why why does he want to do that because he so loves you and he wants to know you and he wants you to know him Why does he want you to know him? And this is huge for us. John 17, 3, Jesus says this. This is eternal life. That you know, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. Now, in ten, you guys, anybody who's been around here for years, you hear us talk about this a lot because too often we think that eternal life means I get to live in heaven forever, which it does, but as we just did our series on heaven. But what Jesus is saying is eternal life happens right now as soon as you know the one true God and as soon as you know Jesus. So that's why he says, so guess what, man? I want to come into your innermost being, inside your heart, and make that my dwelling, make that my home. Because I want you to know me. Because when you get to know me, you're going to have eternal life. Right now, June 26, 2016 you can be experiencing life. One of my favorite verses, 2 Peter 1.3 says it this way, God's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Go ahead and leave that up there just real quick. In the NIV, it says God has, God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. How's that sound? Anybody want every, everything that you need for your life? And what he's saying is, that's gonna happen, how? It goes on, through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. You guys, God has called you to his own glory and excellence. And now, how are you going to do that? He goes, then you got to, through your knowledge of me. Now, because we're Western in our mindset, as soon as we hear this word know, or as soon as we hear the word knowledge, we think, okay, well then i got to study, i got to get to know about God. But this is not just intellectual knowledge. This word know is a personal relationship. It's like how I know my wife. That's what brings eternal life. I don't read books about her. Right? I spend time with her. So Swaziland, right? So we all get back. How many of you actually got to see pictures and blogs and stuff and th- so that you could, like four of you, great, okay. So, no, but I mean, you know, so there's anybody who went, we're all ready to share with you all the stories and share with you the pictures and tell you all about it. So you can know some things about Swaziland, you can know some things about Ekezeny, our care point, but you won't know it until you go. And once you go and you experience it, that's when you know it the people on my team i now know there are people i didn't know before we went on this trip and now i experienced them we spent time together and now i know them right now one of the things that was really cool for me on this trip is every time we do these we have about 200 250 kids who show up on a regular basis to the care point that we've created but probably the best part of the trip for me every time has been when you get to go to where they live so we do these home visits, and that's when the reality of how they're living really hits you. Now you know how they live. Well, this year, instead of going just one time with a pack of food and blessing for them for about a half hour, me and three others got to go to one home four nights in a row. We got to show up and go the next day, and go the next day, and go the next day. This is him right here. That's Kumalo. So I'm sitting next to Kamalo, his daughter's on my lap, and his son's down in front. And here's what happened. Instead of just a one time visit, but because we returned over and over again, I actually know him now. I know his wife left him with these, with these, with these three kids. I know that two and a half years ago, he started to lose his, his ability to walk and was on crutches and six months ago actually lost all feeling. So he's now paralyzed. He sits in this, this brick building, enough room to stick a bed in. That's about all he's got and he lays there every day. And he lays there by himself. But here's what was amazing. And by the way, this was so cool. Our doctors came. And spent time with him and diagnosed a pretty good chance that he may have a tumor developing on his spine that's actually pressing into the nerves is causing him to not uh, be able to walk and so our team gathered together and raised enough money to send him to Manzini to get a CT scan which is unbelievable so And who like I, and who knows and I, I wish I you I have this other picture that dude smiles like this big man and I, I, if I wish I could have been there to tell him because here was the most important thing he said to us on the last day he said you know what I've had people come and visit me he goes I've never had anybody come over and over and over and over again he goes I trust you Isn't that amazing See, when you know somebody, something deeper happens. Now, my favorite book in in all of my life is this little book called To Know As You Are Known. And in this book, he helps us to understand what it means to know anything. Let me tell you about what it is for a relationship. My wife Susie, I know her more than anybody else. Here's why. Two things have to happen if you're going to know somebody. The first thing is you have to let people into your life now Susie has gotten into my life right she's seen I get to share with you for you I share stuff I want to share with you for an hour you guys think you know me you don't know me right Susie's seen it all and she's seen the good and the bad and the ugly she knows me because I've let her into all these areas of my life to the level that you let someone in is the level that you actually know them because you see how they respond to you that's half of it the other half is this I have to engage in Susie's life and she has to open up her life and her heart to me and I have to be interested enough in her that I want to know her so the level that I engage in her life and the level that she engages in mine that's why I know her better than any of you Now that's the same thing that's true with God. Now listen, this is very important because Jesus is telling you you can have eternal life right now. You can have everything you need for life and godliness right now by your knowledge of him. So what that means is to the level that you let God into your life. You know him. And so that's why we're doing this series because again, we want to close him out all the time. We like him in certain areas, but not other areas. And so many of us in this room, we don't really know God. We know things about him, but we've never experienced him in our life. You guys, it's his presence. Man, I want you to know him so bad, and it's his presence that makes him real, that changes your life. So you gotta let God in, and then secondly, You've got to engage in him. You've got to find out who he is, and you've got to jump in to his life and do the things he's doing. And here's what happens. When you do that with God, he comes in. He'll come in, right? He'll enter into your heart, make his heart your home. But when he comes in, he's a king. He's a king. And when the king comes in, now the Lord's prayer makes sense. Your kingdom come, your will be done, On earth as it is in heaven right but see when you let Jesus into your life it's your your you the king come into my life make my heart your dwelling place put roots down into here your kingdom come your will be done in me as it is in heaven as soon as God's will starts to get done inside you that's eternal life, because <laughs> he's love and joy and peace and righteousness and everything that's good. And when his will starts to get done inside of you, you get life. And that's why we're doing this series, okay? Because all of us got doors that we're closing. All of us got certain rooms we don't want them in. But I'm telling you, he loves you so much, and he wants to bring his goodness into every area of your life, all right? So here we go. Let's jump into the first room. Today, we're going to talk about the living room. The living room. Now, how many of you have a living room? Okay, all right, almost all of you. How many, now, here's what's interesting. In my home that I grew up in, we had a living room and a family room, right? And so, but what was interesting is we only hung out in the family room. The living room, when I think back, I can't ever remember being in there. The piano was in there, which I hated because I had to practice my piano, which was, ugh, I hated that. But as far as hanging out, we never did that in the living room. What is the room in your house where you sit down and you hang out with each other? Now, it's interesting. If it's a party, it's probably the kitchen. Is that not true? I I don't, can I just, this is weird. If you ever come to my house, our kitchen is about this wide. (laughs) See, See, somebody knows. And it's about maybe this long. We'll have 30 people over, and everybody's in our stupid kitchen. I'm like, we've put candles out, and we've played. we got food everywhere, and for some reason, everybody wants to hang in the kitchen, all right? Now, in our home, I asked Susie, what's interesting, we don't have a family room or a living room. You know, I go, yesterday, I said, what do we call our rooms? And she goes, the back room and the red room. That's what we have. We have a back room and a red room. In our back room, that's where we hang out. That's where the TV is. Actually, our dining table's back there. But whenever we want to talk, whether it's as a family or whether it's with you, if you come over, almost every time we'll sit in the red room. Here's what you need to understand. If you're going to know God, you've got to have a red room. You've got to have a living room or your family room, whatever room it is, you need to have a space. You need to have a place. And I'm not talking physically. I'm talking in in the heart, which is his home. You need to have space in your life where you converse with him, where you let him into your thoughts And into your beliefs because it's in that place of that person where you get to know someone it's in your thoughts and your beliefs that drive everything that you do and so if you're gonna know him you have to take the risk and say you know what Jesus come on in to my family room come into my living room come in and let's actually converse with each other Mm -hmm. now there's two ways uh, that you mainly converse if you ever talk about if you're going to have a relationship with God how do you actually converse with God I think there's two ways prayer is one of them and the second way is with God's word now here's what I want to tell you I'm just going to focus just on God's word today and here's why I think most people pray if you do a survey and you say hey who prays everybody you know surveys around the nation they always say everybody prays but here's a survey of how many people who actually go to church these are churchgoers, that'd be you right you go to church how many churchgoers actually read their Bible listen to these stats 19% say they read the Bible every day 26% say they read a few times a week 14% say they read it once a week 22% say they read the Bible once a month and 18% say rarely or never now which one are you just in your own heart how often Do you actually sit with God and let him speak into your life through his word? It's very interesting to me. Almost, I I think, I I know this is true because when I ask people on a regular basis, very few people, Christian or not, actually spend time with God's word. And yet, knowing him is what brings us life. So why don't we read the Bible? Why do we keep that door closed from him I think there's lots of reasons right for some of us it's just confusing (laughs) I read the Bible I don't get it for others it's just boring it doesn't feel relevant at all to my life for some I just don't feel like it right it's a discipline can I just be honest with you it's a discipline to read his word on a regular basis and many of us aren't very disciplined with stuff some of us are scared of what he might say Right? Isn't God sometimes intimidating? And you go, I don't know if I even want to sit down and have him speak into my life because he's probably going to mess with me. (laughs) I want to tell you, I think partly why we don't read the Bible is I believe with all my heart it's spiritual warfare. I actually think in the spiritual realm, Jesus makes it very clear there's an enemy for our soul and he knows if you start reading God's word, stuff can happen in your heart. In your innermost being, and he doesn't want you to. This is the weirdest thing to me. I have been awake as I am right now, and then I'll grow and I'll grab the Bible and I'll start reading and I'll fall asleep. Anyone else? Isn't that weird? Why is that? You get supernaturally tired as soon as you open the Bible. It's unbelievable. All right. I think, too, just if we can just be honest with us. with each other a big reason that you don't read the Bible it's just not it's just not a top priority the truth is you just don't think it's that important you're so busy you're tired and so you just let it go by but here's what I want to share with you today I think one of the main reasons we don't read the Bible on a regular basis is because when we do we don't experience God and that's why it can be boring That's why it can be irrelevant, that's why it isn't a top priority, but I'm telling you, if we could experience God when you open up the Bible, I bet you all of a sudden, you'd want to be there. And I'm here to tell you this morning, you can. There is nothing in my 29 years of following Jesus that has been more invigorating for my soul than my own time with him. Listen, I'm telling you, Life is knowing him. It's his presence. It's his presence. And I'm telling you, every morning, Jesus wants to sit in the living room. He waits in the living room of your heart ready to speak to you. And if you can learn how to spend that time with him, you will be in his presence. And when you know him, you get life. So here's what I'm going to share with you today. And I, and I believe that this is for everybody. If you're brand new to Christianity, this is going to be really helpful, I hope, for you to have some very tangible things to help you to start reading the Bible because maybe you've never done it because it just feels like, oh, that's way, I, I, that book's just too much for me. It's not too much for you, okay? Now, so it's for you. Secondly, it's for every one of you in this room who is a Christian who actually wants to read the Bible but never does. I've been praying for you, man. I'm praying that somehow God would just woo you to himself. It'd be like for me. I, I, I loved, I had a great time in Swaziland, but I gotta tell you, man, when it came to those last two days, there was only one thing I was thinking about. That was my wife. <laughs> all I could think about was Susie, man, and I couldn't wait. I just wanted to hug her all day. I wanna be with her. Why? Because I love her, man, and she loves me. And Jesus, and why? I just pray that all you guys who are Christians, man, I just want to play a fire inside of you again and reminds you you can be in his presence every day in his word now for those of you who are and you spend time daily I'm hoping that what I'm gonna share with you today you can use write this stuff down and use it as stuff you can share with somebody else okay that you're trying to encourage to spend time with Jesus alright so here we go first thing we need to look at there are four things for me that I believe we need that we need to believe And if we believe these things, I believe it'll motivate us to actually spend time with God's word. Because you guys know this, right? Every action that you do is moved by what you believe. And again, I think most of us right now don't believe that spending time in God's word is worth it. Because if you believed it at your core, you'd do it, (laughs) right? Like how many of you just miss meals for days and days on end, right? You don't do that. Right? Because you believe you got to eat. So here we go. Number one, what do we need to believe? First thing is this. That we only truly live as we know God. you got to believe that you only really live when you know God. Do you believe that? See, what Jesus says, this is eternal life, that you know me. When he says, you have everything you need for life and godliness through your knowledge of me, do you believe that? Do you guys have things you need right now for life? Do you have things you need for godliness to try to grow into him? Here's what he says, Matthew chapter 4, Jesus says this. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Do you believe that? See, because you know this. If you don't eat bread or food, you know you have to have food or your body's going to die. And Jesus is saying, in the same way that bread, food, sustains your physical body, you live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Do you believe that? See, because if you believe that, then I'm telling you what, that motivates you to get up in the morning and spend some time with him. It's like, are you kidding me? I can have a breakfast buffet every morning. Bring it on, right? I can have moochie subs every day for lunch. Bring it on. Filet mignon in the evening? Come on. You guys, you would line up. If you could eat like kings, you can eat like kings spiritually. And if you do, you'll live. Do you believe that? Let me ask you a question. Any of you anxious about anything today? Anybody have any fears? Anybody need some wisdom for this tough dis- situation that you're in? Does anybody need guidance for a decision that you're trying to make? Is there a pattern of behavior that's frustrating you or destroying you or your relationships? See, here's the deal. God knows you better than you know yourself. He is intimately aware of everything you're thinking, everything you're feeling. He knows the plans he has for you, and he's waiting every day to speak to you, to give you a word for your life. But I'm too busy. Or I'm too tired and see I'm telling me God wants to meet you here Psalm 19 I love what it says it says the instructions of the Lord are perfect they revive the soul Anybody's soul need to be revived that's what God's Word does the decrees of the Lord are trustworthy making wise the simple Again, if you don't understand, do you need wisdom? God's word can give that to you. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. Anybody want joy? The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. The first thing I think we have to believe is that I only live when I know God. So I'm going to give him a chance to give me his word, to speak to me so I can get to know him. And then I'll live here's the second thing that we need to believe that we can only know God through revelation number two this is really important we can only know God through revelation in Isaiah 55 8 God says this my thoughts are not your thoughts and neither are your ways my ways and I want to tell you what man that's just true Okay, we are so human. We are so limited. We are so messed up in here. God is just letting you know, hey, can I just say something? When you guys think, almost always, you're not thinking like I think. So let me just ask you a question. How in the world, then, are you ever going to know who God is? Because here's what I hear people say all the time. Well, my God would never do that. Or my God isn't like that. So the thing about it is, how many of you have ever heard people say that? We've, you, we've probably said it ourselves. Here's what's interesting. If it's my God, then where's that God coming from? He's coming from my thoughts. And almost every human being, all of us in this room, we're, here it is, God says, man, if you know me, you're going to have eternal life. But our view of God is so messed up because our thoughts aren't his thoughts. And so we're all making up this God that we want him to be or we think we want him to be instead of letting god show you who he is i can't tell you man and i'm going to use a strong word here but i think it's pretty arrogant actually to be human and to think that you could know who god is (laughs) i mean think about this the most brilliant minds in the world brilliant the people who make these discoveries that we're in awe of they spend their whole life in one field of study (laughs) and they find one discovery that's amazing and they're the most brilliant people in the world and then years later somebody discovers more than what that person discovered and that's the most brilliant minds on our planet you guys our minds are so simple listen the only way you're ever gonna know God is you gotta let him reveal who he is to you. You will never have eternal life. You will never find everything you need for life and godliness through your idea of who God is or who you think he should be. Jesus said this is eternal life. You gotta know the one true God. The only way you'll ever know the truth about me is if I reveal who I am to you. You can have lots of perceptions of what you think about me, but until you know the depth of who I am, you'll never know me. This verse is crazy. Hebrews 4:12 says, "The word of God, and this is why we need the Bible, the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword." it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart what is the author's doing why this is a beautiful picture here's what he's trying to help the people of that day understand what seems to be one he's saying is actually two but it seems like it's one thing so he uses the illustration of soul and spirit To us, it might be that's the same thing. And yet, there's a sword that can divide soul and spirit. All of a sudden, what we thought was one thing is now two. He goes, in in their understanding of the physical body at that time, joints and marrow were like one thing. And yet, a sword could come in and divide and show you, no, there's actually joints and marrow. They're two separate things. Here's what God's word does. Right now, most of the time, we have thoughts about who God is. We have thoughts about who we are. We have thoughts about how life should work. And how in the world are we ever going to know if those are right or not? God's word is a double edged sword. And look what it says it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of your heart. So when you read the Bible, what happens is God's word comes in like a sword and it cuts right into your thoughts and it goes, this is your thought and this is mine. And you can't know what is right, what is true, what is reality, what is God, until his word lets you know what your thought is and his thought it judges the attitude or the intention of your heart. So, so many times human beings think, well, my intentions are right. My attitude, my, I'm doing the right thing. And then you read God's word and he goes, mm, that was your attitude, here's mine. This was your intention, here's mine. You guys, the only way you can know God and have eternal life is you gotta have his word come in and pierce you like a double-edged sword and let you know what's really him and what's you. Okay, that's the second thing you gotta believe. Here's the third thing. God's spirit is in the word and in you. Okay, this is so important. I think this thought, I'll try to make this simple here in just a second. Because I think this thought every morning before I start to read the Bible. God's Spirit is in the Word, and it's in me. What does that mean? Hebrews 4.12 said what? The Word of God is alive and active. There are so many books out there, you guys. You can read lots of really good books. But when you read the Bible, His Word is alive does that mean well in 2nd Timothy 316 it says that all scripture is God breathed God breathed so what that is breath is life okay so when you when you read in the in the scriptures you understand that breath is always the symbol of the spirit it's the symbol of life so what the Bible is telling us is the words in the scripture are actually come from the very life of God and that's why when you read it, it's alive. Because he's alive. And so his words are inspired by his give, life-giving spirit. So every time you open up the Bible, it's like, this isn't a book to figure out. This is God, spirit, who wrote these words, who, who inspired men to write these words. God breathed so that when I read the Bible, the spirit can actually speak to me. I'm telling you, you gotta, this, this is what will make your reading the Bible completely different. Instead of trying to figure it out, right? Like I'm going to figure God out or I'm going to master God. You don't try to master God. You want him to master you. You're not trying to figure him out. You want him to figure you out. See, and, and, and if you believe that the scripture is actually God breathed, that it's alive, then when you read it, you can believe that God's going to speak to you. So the Spirit is in the Word, but it's also in you, right? Because when you receive Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. Look at this Word, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So how am I going to know God? How, and I want to really know Him, right? I want to know the depth of God. Well, apparently, oh, you can go back real quick. Is that right? I'm sorry. Yeah, the spirit searches all the things if we can just go back one Slide to the beginning of that verse Okay, so but it said the spirit searches all things even the deep things of God So and then it goes on so if I'm gonna know the deep things of God the Spirit of God is the only one who can reveal those things to me for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God. Do you guys get this? You don't. Except the Spirit of God. And what we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Oh, you guys, if you'll open up the Bible and realize this is not just a book to read. This is a book inspired by the very Spirit of God who's alive and he wants to breathe life into you and so every time I open up the Bible I'm like okay the spirit who inspired these words is inside me he knows what I need to hear and he can make the connection for me with God's Word and I want to tell you what then you start to experience him This is why I hardly ever miss a morning with God. Because he's alive. And he loves to speak to me. And he knows me. And he knows why I'm freaked out and nervous and anxious. He knows tomorrow. He knows my future. And he wants to speak to me. And you could be in God's presence every day through his living word. And then you'll know him. And that's really the last one I don't even have to get in. Number four is you just have to believe that God will speak to you. (laughs) Because Jesus said it, right? He goes, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them. I know them. And they follow me. So Jesus wants to speak. So those are, I tell you, those four things, if you wrote those down, if you can know those four things and believe them, that you live by knowing God you really do and that number two you can know God only through revelation that the spirit wants to reveal because he's alive and active through his word and he will speak to you those are the things that motivate me to actually want to spend time with him alright so now really quickly then what do you need to do here's some very practical stuff number one make time make time You know what you guys every one of us makes time for whatever we think is important you just do so again that's why we have to get to what do you believe do you believe that God wants to speak to you that he knows you loves you and that his word can be living and active and help you become alive that you live on every word that comes from the mouth of God see if you believe that you'll make time and I tell you what you got to find time you just do we're all busy I'm a night guy right by natural I'll stay up forever but then I had kids And those little Rugrats man they woke up early and I had to spend time with Jesus so I'd have to get up early this is one of the biggest times I ever despised having children (laughs) they made me get up so early and no matter how early I get up they get up earlier (laughs) to the point where now I finally I just get up early but here's the deal I had to make myself do it I never wanted to get up never but you know what I wanted to be in his presence more I wanted to hear God speak to me more so number one man you got to make time you just got to make it a priority number two you got to get the right tools Okay? And this is for those of you who are kind of new. I'm just going to tell you there's so many Bibles out there, okay? You've got to get the right tools. Number one, New International Version or New Living Translation. I'm just going to pump those two NIV, NLT. If you're looking for a Bible, get an NIV or an NLT. Secondly, you're going to go to the Christian bookstore and there's a Bible for everything. Isn't that crazy? I think there's Bibles like for plumbers and secretaries and dog watchers and I, I, it's just, it's unbelievable. But so, but if you go, there's two that you should look at. There's a Study Bible, or a life application Bible. You can get NIV Study, NLT Study. You can get NIV Life Application, NLT Life Application. Study Bible at the bottom. You'll read it, and you're going to go, "What in the world's that mean?" That still happens to me. I don't know. And the bottom Study Bible gives explanation of the verses. So if you need a better understanding of scripture, get a study Bible. Number two, the life application has at the bottom how you apply this stuff to your life. If when you read the Bible it feels so irrelevant to you, get a life application Bible and it'll give you hints and tips, okay? It's such a great resource to have once you're gonna start reading the Bible. NLT, NIV, study, and life application. Make time, get the right tools, and then number three, prepare your heart. Prepare your heart. I still do this every morning. I have to prepare my heart. Because I'm human. And so are you. What do I mean by prepare my heart? I have to get my heart to the place where I actually want him to speak to me. And it's not easy. I have to humble myself every morning to say, God, I believe you're going to speak to me. And I actually want you to and I can tell when my heart is soft and open and I can tell when it's hard I can tell when I'm trusting him and when I'm not you guys just take a few moments before you read the Bible and check your heart is it soft Jesus uses the parable right he says that God's Word is like a seed that goes out and it finds different soils And there's only one soil. There's soil that's hard and rocky. There's soil that's thin. And the word never takes root. But then there's one soil that's good. And that person hears the word. They retain it. And then by persevering, they produce a huge crop. So humble yourself before God. Don't try to master him. Want him to master you. Don't try to get him. Let him get you, and you'll know when your heart's soft. That's number three, thing you gotta do. Number four is then listen while you read. Listen while you read. See, we are so trained to read, and we're so busy in our own mind trying to figure everything out. That's totally different than reading and listening. On Father's Day, I was in Swaziland, but luckily my daughter was with me, (laughs) and she gave me this little letter on Father's Day. And It touched me so deeply one of the greatest little letters I've ever received. I didn't analyze that letter. I Didn't try to figure out what she was thinking. you know. No, what did I do? I let her words of love just seep into me I listened to them When you read the Bible Get out of your intellectual exercise of figuring it out and Open yourself up and listen how many times did Jesus say, He who has ears, let him hear? And I'm telling you, God will speak to your heart while you read. And then the last thing is this and then do what He says. Then do what He says. Reading the Bible is useless. Can I just say this? Reading the Bible is useless if you aren't going to do what He says. And Jesus just put it point blank He says, Everyone who hears my words, And doesn't put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand the storms came the winds blew and his life fell apart but then he says every person who hears my words and puts them into practice is like a man a wise person who builds his life on the rock same winds come same storms blow and you're solid this is the scariest thing man read the Bible and do what he says and you will experience God I'm telling you what man, He makes your heart his home. He's dwelling. So now spend some time with him. open yourself up and let him speak to you. So that's what we're going to do next. If you'll open up your program, inside there is a sheet. Like, Every, this, you got to do this what we're going to do next. This, we're, we're actually going to apply what I just shared with you. okay So inside your program, there's a sheet. <clears throat> And on it is it at the top is a scripture, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 through 9. Underneath that is an exercise that a guy taught me over 25 years ago that I've been using now every day. So actually, if you don't have one of those, would you raise your hand? Because you're going to need that. If you did not get a sheet or a program, would you go ahead and raise your hand? Our connections team is going to give it. And if you need a pen as well, uh, you're gonna, we're just going to take a few minutes here, but you're going to need that sheet and you're going to need that pen uh, for these next few minutes, and our team will get those to you. So let me explain this to you really quick, okay? Um, It's an acronym that you can use when you spend time in God's word called SOAP, okay? The S stands for scripture, so here's what you do. You just read a section of scripture. You do everything I already told you, you pray first, and then while you read a section of scripture, you listen. And then what you do is you pay attention to your heart. Is there a verse that stuck out? Is there is there a, a one that you have a question about is there the one that you're interested in and then what you do the S on the back of your sheet you're gonna see this you just write down the scripture so if you cho- choose verse 6 then you re- just write down one verse at the top of your page okay and then the O is your observation you write down that one verse and then you write down what's your observation what does that verse tell you what's it saying to you about God what's it saying to you about yourself and you simply write down an observation of that verse the a is application once you get that what is that verse saying to you and what's it mean now what are you gonna do with it that's your a and then the P is a prayer and I we're just gonna give you a chance in these next few minutes to read first John chapter 1 5 through 9 as you read it pay attention to your heart choose one verse Write it at the top, and then write your O. What is God saying to me about this verse? What does this verse say to me? What am I learning about this? Write down how you're going to apply it, and then write down your prayer to God about it. Okay? And then we'll go on. So let me just pray for us, and, uh, and then we'll get going. Father, would you be gracious and merciful right now and make your word alive and active. Would you speak? Would you reveal? Out of your great love for each person in this room. May they meet you right now, and I ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, go ahead and take just a few minutes and do this, and then we'll move on.